0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. We have good news for once. We've got a story that agrees with reasonable thinking. Federal judge rules the CDC eviction moratorium is unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. Outside the Constitution. No go, guys let's get into it. Before we do, my name is Sean Reynolds. If you're new here, I'm a real estate guy. I own a couple of real estate companies, but I read the news that reasonable people, including yourself, want to hear. All right, enough of the chit chat. Let's go. A Trump appointed federal judge in Texas ruled on Thursday that an order from the CDC temporarily halting evictions amid the pandemic is unconstitutional. Oh, Just says. It's just nice to be able to say that, isn't it? I read so much news that's like, oh, right, all the reasonable things have been taken out of our world. Here's yet another ridiculous thing that, that, that's going down. Don't agree with it. This is silly. And I know this is, this is a federal judge in Texas, and I know he's appointed by Trump. But at least there is a small, tiny glimmer of something in the news that's like, all right, this makes sense, because this makes sense. In a 21-page ruling, U.S. District uh, Judge John Barker sided with a group of landlords and property managers who alleged in a lawsuit that the CDC's eviction moratorium exceeded the federal government's constitutional authority. That was kind of my whole thing at the very beginning of this. It was like, they can do that? I mean, that is legal? You you basically tell one group of people, you got to pay? And the other group of people, no, you don't have to pay. This is felt outside of, of, of what's legal to me the entire time. It's like, how is this possible? And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And sorry to all you tenants out there, um, but it's a it's an equality thing. It's like, if, if you're going to protect all the tenants, you got to have provisions set up for the landlords and you just don't. Uh, non owner occupied lending doesn't work that way. And you might be able to say, well, there's a moratorium on on mortgages as well. N- not really. There, there's some stuff on owner occupied, but even those are tricky at best. You don't hear a lot of people talking about, yeah, I just stopped paying my mortgage because you know, there's that ban. You don't hear that because the implications of stopping making your poor mortgage. I mean, it's, it's horrific. And we work through that every day. So, hey, Sean, I got a deal blowing up my my um, buyer. They didn't make their payment on their existing mortgage um, once in the last year. And ask any mortgage guy what happens when you miss one payment. It's not good. There's some explaining to do. And that's if you can get a mortgage. So without being hard money. So make those mortgage payments. But tenants in today's world, ah, you know what, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not gonna make my my rent payment. Just not gonna do it. And guess what? Landlords basically can't do Jack anything. So although the COVID nineteen here's here is here is a quote that I love. Mm-hmm. Although the COVID nineteen pandemic persists, so does the Constitution. Oh, love that. So does the Constitution. It persists throughout all of this ridiculousness. Let's have these people pay. Let's have these – those people over there, they're good. Yeah, we want to – because the whole thing is at some point in time – You got to pay the piper, right? You're going to have to take off all of these ridiculous housing restrictions. You're going to have to open this bad boy back up. And guess what? You are going to have some landlords itching to get their non paying tenants out of there. And you will make this far worse than if you just let the natural market do its thing, which is if you shut down an economy and you fire people, you're. You're going to have to deal with that as a consequence instead of trying to temporarily and artificially prop up this segment of the housing market and, oh, not subsidize this, pro- this end of the housing market. People have just been assuming, oh, landlords, they can afford it. I've got a second article here on the Seattle landlords. They lost a case recently in state, state court. And um, we're going to read that too. And, you know, why wouldn't a landlord lose a case in Seattle? Because things are so one-sided here. And um, all right, let's keep going. This this is uh, the Judge Barker. Judge Barker. Not from like a TV show or I can't remember. Somebody. This lawsuit... Presents the question of whether the federal government has the authority to order property owners not to evict specified tenants. Plaintiffs argue that this authority is not among the limited powers granted to the federal government in Article I of the Constitution, and thus the decision whether to enact an eviction moratorium rests with a given state. So you can't do it on the federal basis, right? I thought the whole th- the, fe- the whole federal thing to me is like, what? What are we doing? In what world are we doing this? This makes no sense at all. Doesn't make sense in my world anyway. The world I was raised in that apparently is nowhere in sight anymore. Disagreeing, the federal government argues that a nationwide eviction moratorium is within the article's grant of federal authority to regulate commerce among the states. Uh, how? How? We don't really get that answer, do we? The federal government cannot say that it has ever before invoked its power over interstate commerce to impose a residential eviction moratorium, because it hasn't. It did not do so during the deadly Spanish flu pandemic, nor did it invoke such power during the Great Depression. So we didn't do it during the Great Depression. We didn't do it during the Spanish flu, which was what I think, was that 1918, something like that? Um. And, but, and, yet, and yet we're doing it here now with the corona sniffles. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of like, what? Why? The federal government has not claimed such a power at any point during the nation's history until last year. All right. So, you know, you've basically got a power struggle here and let, let this one group, let this one group, they're okay. The other group, nah, they got to pay. Somehow, that, that to me, right off the get go. Uh, and I've talked about this many, many times, it's just fundamentally wrong. It's a free market, you got to let the free market go. And if you're going to have to shut down an economy, you're going to have to live with those consequences. Meaning a lot of people lose their jobs, can't make their payments. Guess what, you got to deal with that. Whatever governor you are in whatever state you're in, if you're doing that, those are the consequences. You gotta deal with that. You can't have an eviction moratorium cover all this stuff, because at some point in time you're gonna pull that evic- you're gonna pull that band-aid off, and guess what's gonna happen? You are gonna see some bleeding. Rip that band-aid off. Let's go. Because the remaining plaintiffs or this is the judge again, because the remaining plaintiffs are entitled to judgment as a matter of law, the court enters summary judgment granting declaratory relief in their favor. Although the COVID-19 pandemic persists. So does the Constitution. Now we're reading it in greater scale here. Love that. Declaring the scope of constitutional power is thus proper relief, and a federal court with jurisdiction has a virtually unflagging obligation to exercise that authority to resolve a case before it. Let's hear the gavel just go, which, done. Game over. Nah. Any pending motion is denied without prejudice is moot. Final judgment will issue forthwith. And guess what? It's probably going to get appealed, probably get overturned. I don't know. You know what I mean? The CDC order was initially issued back in September, which generally made it a crime for property owners to evict tenants who were unable to pay rent and had no options for affordable housing. But that is not the case. It's a case of tenants going, yeah, I just don't feel like paying. And you know what? it's going to rack up some back rent. We'll see where this goes. Maybe they'll just tell me that I don't have to pay that back rent. And it kind of seems like that's the direction we're going here in Washington, Washington State. We are saying, we'll get you some federal money, Mr. Landlord. But you need to you need to be a partner with us on this. And you're not really going to get anything. But in our partnership, it's a one way partnership. And we're going to require you To forgive 20% of the rent that you're owed, is that constitutional? How does that work? How is that fair? Well, we all need to spread the, you know, the lost money over all kinds of different parties. No, no. Give the landlord 100% of what he's owed and then let him keep running to whomever he wants. That is, that's the way it should be. Let the market prevail, fair market Otherwise, you're messing with stuff that you're going to play catch up on forever. And that's where I'm afraid we're at is with these moratoriums. Once you set them in place, mm, that's difficult to go back and all right, now the moratoriums are off. And now you're literally going to have a bunch of people get kicked to the curb. You know what we're going to what we're going to do is say, yeah, told you so. This is what happens You got to deal with it. And I don't want to see anybody lose their place. I really don't. But what's the solution here? What's the solution? Just a bunch of federal money. Let's borrow more money, pay everybody back, get everybody whole. I don't know. Those protections were extended by Congress talking about the, the CDC order. Those protections were extended by Congress and later by the Biden administration last through March. So we just keep kicking it out a month or two, six months. And oh, we're, you know, we're, we're letting all the states go back to to normal, whatever that is, we're, we're kind of getting back to business, moving along, opening things up, at least we are here. And that's how it feels here in the state of Washington, still highly restricted. But it's like, okay, you got your restaurants open, you got your gyms open, but with massive restrictions, it's it's not, we're not at profitable levels yet for the individual small business by any means, but they can at least survive. And that's kind of, that's a win in today's market is survival. That's what we're talking about. And yet you got all these politicians going, "Ah, everything is great. This is awesome. But let's not have those tenants. Let's not have those tenants pay. They don't need to pay. Let's, let's make that clear. Because man, when we take off that moratorium, this is going to be a train wreck. And I, you know, I hear a lot of people saying that, and I understand that, you know, there's a lot of people that are at risk here, but you got to deal with it at some point in time. And guess what? That time is now in my books. It's now it's go time. Let's go folks, create a solution. Let's get on it. But in Thursday's decision, Barker ruled that Congress lacked the constitutional authority to grant CDC the power to halt evictions nationwide. Hmm, This is going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Barker also found that the CDC's order threatened to encroach on landlords' rights under state law. What? I think it does. I think it wildly encroaches. This has just been, this has been a disaster from the get go. The plaintiffs were represented by two conservative legal groups, the Texas Public Policy Foundation and the Southeastern Legal Foundation. The conservative groups hailed the decision as a win. There'll be appeal overturned. Uh, let's move on. So if that was the good news. Here's the crappy news. Crappy news coming out of Seattle. Can you believe that? Uh, Seattle landlords lose eviction policy lawsuit against the city. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. This is my proud city, right? The Seattle law that gives apartment residents a pandemic-related defense against eviction was upheld Wednesday, along with the city's wintertime eviction ban. Doesn't it make it sound like there's a war going on here, when in reality, it's just a contract for a place to live? And that contract is not being honored because one side ain't paying, which is part of the contract. And the other, and, and that's per federal law. And the other side basically doesn't have any relief at all. They still gotta pay. The Rental Housing Association of Washington, the R-H-A-W-A, the more letters that you have in your, in the name of how you break down your company or whatever, the more letters that you have, and this one is Rahawa, the more significant you are, right? Don't you ever see, see that and go, what? That's, that's the longest, dumbest name. I make fun of that a lot because it's pretty easy to make fun of. The Rental Housing Association of Washington would have been skunked had the King County Superior Court judge, Joanna Bender, upheld part of a third ordinance that sought to prohibit landlords from collecting interest accrued on nonpayment of rent. So they're going to get a little bit of interest. Otherwise, they would have lost everything. So the judge threw them a bone, a very tiny bone, an insignificant bone. Don't throw me the interest. Throw me the principal right now, right now. Let's figure that out. Give me my money. That's what landlords are saying. Or let me boot these people out and let me get a real tenant in here who's who's paying. It's not the tenant's fault. However, you know, stuff comes up and you got to deal with life. It's kind of like all these business owners that have been arbitrarily shut down. And same thing. They haven't had any real um, – you know, relief, you got a little bit of PPP money. And that has been good for some businesses, but it's just not nearly enough when you get shut down, because the money doesn't, I mean, it helps, but it doesn't cover everything. And so many businesses have just Yeah, we can't continue this way. And how many restaurants at 25% capacity can make a go of it? Yeah, you tell me how those economics work on a on a thin profit margin not happening. In a statement, City Council President M. Lorena Gonzalez hailed Bender's decision. Of course, why wouldn't they? Saying it means families will be in a better position to recover economically as our economy begins to improve. Maybe if they didn't have to pay for gas for their car, or maybe if they didn't have to pay for utilities, maybe if they didn't have to pay for food. I mean, let's just cover them with everything and just, you know, why not? Just, Just give them everything. Landlords, nothing you guys get a lump of coal for Christmas. That's what you get. You get. That's what you're getting. Sean Martin, executive director of the Rental Housing Association of Washington, which sued alongside four owners of rental housing, said the association will review the ruling before deciding whether to appeal. Again, I don't have any hope that this will go anywhere. But you got to try, right? He said the laws are among the several the city has approved in recent years that threaten the businesses of small landlords or housing providers as the association calls them. And when people ask me when brokers ask me, hey, I'm looking at buying this as a rental property. I'm like, what city is, is it in? And they're like, Seattle, I'm like, hey, that's a no go, folks, don't buy a rental there. Here's what you're dealing with. And people are like, oh, yeah, I kind of heard about that. But I didn't really know what it meant. It's like, oh, that's not a good call. So as a real estate broker and as as an appraiser, I can't honestly recommend somebody buying a rental unit with a Seattle address because it's such an uphill battle. And look at this stuff during the pandemic that Seattle landlords are dealing with. I mean, it's crazy. It's so one-sided. You are basically – you know you're the the you're viewed as the massive haves versus the massive have-nots, but the problem is is the massive haves aren't so massive. So many of these are small landlords, and I know that from my experience going out and appraising home after home after home over the course of a thirty year career as an appraiser, showing up on somebody's porch, maybe meeting the landlord, meeting the tenant, whatever. Yeah, I own this this one and I own one more, but. That's really about it. That's all we can afford to put together because it takes so much money, so much capital in the state of Washington to buy a rental because everything's so expensive that there's just not a lot of folks that are out there doing that. And, and the majority, the vast majority that I ran into were single owners and they don't have, they're not a big corporation that has massive dollars behind them they don't have big corporate credit lines to to cover these expenses when tenants aren't paying. So, and that's that's a lot of the business that I think that Washington state doesn't understand. Federal government certainly doesn't understand it nor do they care. Don't care. It's like, "Ah, we're just going to do this. We're going to get through this pandemic. We'll get through the other side. Tenants you don't have to pay." Martin said these landlords provide thousands of affordable apartments in the city. The ruling leaves in place the latest in a growing number of counterproductive laws that will continue to push small housing providers out of Seattle, reduce the number of rental homes and drive up costs for renters, he said in a statement. Totally agree with all of that, because there's no incentive to have a rental house in Seattle other than the fact you've got some amazing appreciation But if you can't hold on to that home, because you've got a tenant in there that you can't evict, and you don't have the cash flow to cover it, what are you going to do? Well, you can get them out by selling it. And that's exactly what's going on here. You can either move in as an owner occupied, as one of the owners moving into the to the rental place. That's, that's one solution you can do here, state of Washington, the other is you're going to sell it. So you're going to see fewer in a state that needs more rental housing, because we just don't have enough rental housing, we don't have enough housing in general, you're going to see more and more landlords selling, because it's such a pain in the ass to have rental property here. But if you're cash flowing already, you're probably going to keep riding that train right into retirement. Because I have know a lot of guys that have bought a lot of rental units in Seattle. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but they've made some pretty good money over the over the years, um, appreciation and cash flow, because guess what? Rents are expensive in Seattle. Small time rental companies say a prolonged eviction moratorium would face would force them to sell to larger companies. That makes total sense to me. I mean, that's what you do. And the bigger companies have bigger pockets. They can withstand this kind of nonsense going on here with the CDC in the state of Washington, and the city of Seattle, they can withstand that they've got the pockets to do it. The small mom and pop landlord, no go. They, they've only they've got a finite amount of resources. In her ruling, Bender acknowledged Seattle already is in the throes of a massive homelessness crisis and added the pandemic has wrecked devastating havoc for both landlords and tenants. But the question is narrow, whether the ordinances are constitutional under Washington law. For the most part, they are, she ruled. Yeah, well, how about this federal judge over here in Texas? He said no not constitutional one of the bills which gonzalez sponsored shields tenants for from eviction for 6 months after the city's covid-19 civil emergency ends 6 months after our our uh, pandemic is called 6 months after when are they going to call this bad boy it's going to be a while right i mean can't you see him just ah it's three years down the road i don't know Still got 10 cases popping up every day in that city. Let's just let it ride for a while. Still pandemic. Tenants are protected from eviction if they can show they're unable to pay rent due to COVID-related reasons such as job loss. An eviction moratorium is part of the civil emergency. So again, you got one side covered. You didn't cover the other. Hmm. It's interesting, right? Gonzalez, who was running for mayor, has said all along that the legislation is not an extension of the temporary ban on evictions and does not preclude housing providers from evicting people if tenants can't show their failure to pay is pandemic related. I'm going to do a podcast here shortly on um, Washington State is basically saying – Uh, I can't, I can't remember. Is it Seattle or Washington? I think it's Washington state is saying that if you accidentally have drugs in your possession, you can't be arrested for that. So it's the same thing. Are those your drugs? No, these are my pants, but those are not my drugs. I don't know who put those in my pocket. Damn it. Who put the drugs in my pocket? It's the same thing here. If tenants can't show their failure to pay, it's pandemic related. All they got to do is state. Oh, it's pandemic related and they're covered, right? So this is some nonsense. If you're a tenant and you're claiming you can't pay, that's basically all you got to do, right? I mean, it's it's not that hard. Uh, I can't pay, pandemic related, you know, whole pandemic just can't do it. So this is a nonsensical argument, just like the other one I'm going to do here soon on uh, drugs. Drugs are bad the officials from uh, one of the parties doing the lawsuit countered that few landlords will start the eviction process knowing a tenant could plead COVID related distress. There you go. They said the law is essentially a de facto eviction moratorium. It is. The other law that was upheld was the December to March one ban on wintertime evictions. Yeah, you can't ban people in Seattle during the wintertime. Too cold, just too miserable. So therefore, We're not going to, you're just monkeying with the free market. And that's a no go in my book all down the road. Bender struck a one part of a third law, ruling that landlords can still charge interest on unpaid rent. Again, give me the principle, don't give a rip about the interest let's let's go down that road. The rest of the ordinance stands tenants have the right to pay overdue rent and in installments when rent becomes due within six months after the end of the civil emergency in 2049. It doesn't say that, but it feels like that's the direction we're heading, right? And landlords are prohibited from charging late fees for one year following the termination of the civil emergency. You're just monkeying with nonsense here. As Bender noted, the pandemic has hurt housing providers as well as tenants, but hasn't really done anything about it. um, Because when the latter stop paying rent, the former still have to pay the mortgage, utilities and other expenses. No kidding. The Washington Multifamily Housing Association says, here, here you go, here's a good stat, Washington Multifamily Housing Association says 91% of rent. So nine, nine out of 10 parts of the rent goes to pay mortgages, taxes, utilities, maintenance, and staff salaries with the remaining going to the property owner, 9% goes to the property owner. So it's not like these property owners are getting all this rent, they've got to pay it out. And if these tenants aren't paying, they are still paying mortgages, taxes, utilities, maintenance, and staff salaries. Okay, all that good stuff. And nobody's basically covering them. Where's the protection for the landlords? It is nowhere. It is out the door with reasonable thinking. But that's why you're tuned in here to this podcast, right? Because we're kind of reasonable people and we go down the road of, does this make sense? No, this doesn't make any sense at all. Since when do we cover one side of the equation in the rental housing thing and the other side just "Ah, screw those guys? They're a bunch of rich bastards. I'm sorry, shouldn't swear, but they're a bunch of rich bastards. So we're just going to cover the really poor people the tenants. Look, I've been a tenant before. I mean, you, you enter into a contract, you pay it. If the pandemic takes your job, you scramble, you figure it out. Right? I mean, that's what everybody does. You can't rely upon the government to come in and just step in and cover all this stuff. But it looks like that's the direction that we are heading. And we are in, especially here in Seattle. Craziness. All right, that's it. I'm, that's enough of me beating this drum. But you guys know where I stand on this one. I'm a real estate guy. This is some real nonsense. Let the nonsense continue. And as it does, I will talk to you about it right here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for being part. Love to have you subscribe. Do all that stuff that YouTubers are supposed to you know, tell you to do that you already know how to do. I'm not going to tell you to do that, but would love to have you subscribe. That's it. All right. I'll catch up with you guys in the next one. Bye for now. Talk then.